Hi, my name is Kanal, and welcome to the Geeks of the Valley podcast, which connects with some of the brightest minds globally who are leading their respective industries today to discuss the hottest upcoming industry trends and how their work is affecting the global economy. What started off as a coffee chat has now grown into a global platform for visionaries. This morning from Istanbul, Turkey, we are excited to introduce you to the founder of Itohum, one of Turkey's leading accelerators dedicated to helping entrepreneurs turn their ideas into reality. With the rigorous selection process, Itohum carefully chooses 40 startups each year from thousands of applicants, providing them with the necessary training, mentorship, and seed investment to help them succeed. To date, Etohum has invested in over 100 startups across various industries, including e-commerce, mobile, gaming, and software. But that's not all. Etohum also hosts the annual Startup Turkey event, bringing together top internet companies and investors in the country to support and celebrate the success of Turkish startups. Join us as we dive into Barak's journey and learn about the impact Etohum is making in the world of entrepreneurship. Please give a warm welcome to Barak Pyaktemir. Barak, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Kunal, thank you very much for the, your nice words and also introduction. Barak, thank you um, and appreciate the kind words. How are things with you in, um, this morning in, in Istanbul, Turkey? It's a warm Istanbul day. <laughs> so we started the week uh, very sunny and shiny Istanbul humidity. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, let's uh, jump into the first question here, shall we? Yes, please. Let's go ahead. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience as a solo GP investing in Turkey? And what are some of the challenges you have faced and how have you overcome them? Um, absolutely. I would love to delve into that. Um, being a solo uh, general partner is like wearing multitude of hats every day. Uh, you know, it's not just about finding the, those diamonds in the rough. I mean, these startups. Uh, so those startups uh, show immense promise. So it's about uh, also about administrative tasks, coordinating with various stakeholders, and always being on your toes. Um, I'm based in Istanbul, but my fund has its sights set on early stage startups all over the globe. So... I'm dealing with different time zones, cultures, and markets, uh, which makes the work more exciting and also more challenging. Uh, now, uh, being a pioneer, particularly in the field of dynamic uh, as early stage startup investing, um, you are always walking into uncharted territories. Back when I started our acceleration program in Turkey in 2008, uh, I was navigating the waters no one had ventured into before. So uh, it's not uh, always a smooth sailing, you know. Sometimes it feels like you are trying to create a path in dense forest with just a machete. Uh, there are several stakeholders uh, involved, especially in the early uh, days of the ecosystems. Uh, when, we, uh, when I established, especially our acceleration program, uh, nearly more than 10 years ago. Uh, companies, universities, techno-parks, government bodies, entrepreneurs, and fellow investors. Sometimes 
you are not just investing, but you are also educating, training. Uh, you are bring, bringing all these parties onto the same page, helping them understand the importance and potentials of early investing to the economy, to the country, and aligning their efforts to fuel the growth of startups. Um, creating a startup is no small feat. It is a slow and gradual process, almost like watching a seed uh, you planted grow into a tree. Uh, there are times when progress seems incredibly slow, but I have to remember that we are cultivating an environment that encourages innovation, fosters growth, and grooms the entrepreneurs of tomorrow. So yes, the challenges are plenty, but so are the rewards. Uh, every hurdle uh, I overcome, every startup I help to elevate, it makes the journey worth it. And Barak, that's that's a good point. And, and turning the conversation a bit to, you know, Startup Turkey and, and Startup Istanbul, you know, it has been really incredibly successful with a global reach that spans multiple continents. Can you tell us more about uh, the platform and how you have been able to achieve such success, not just from an investment perspective, but also from being um, part of this amazing accelerator? You, you bring up a great point, right? Etohom has really made some really exciting investments over the past years. W what have been some of those investments till date and, and why have they been so compelling to you coming from that global investor international experience? Absolutely. I will be excited to share the story of Startup Istanbul. I love to listen also startup stories. So I will be very excited to share the Startup Istanbul's journey. I mean, this journey spans more than a decade. I mean, all of the way back to 2008 when I started uh, the first acceleration program in Turkey. Back then, um, the concept of startup acceleration was pretty new, not only in Turkey, but also uh, all over the world. So um, I look for the Y Combinator's business model or other uh, uh, acceleration model in different uh, geographies. In 2008, I was part-time lecturing in Istanbul Technical University. So uh, not only for Turkey, but it was very early days of acceleration program. We were essentially starting from scratch. So of course the business models which were successfully implemented in US couldn't fit directly to Turkish economy and Turkish um, unmatured ecosystem culture, especially startup ecosystem culture. So many of our stakeholders didn't fully understand what we, we were trying to do. <laughs> and that was a challenge. In the early days, um, we were a local pro program. I mean, Etohum and our acceleration program was only for Turkish startups and Turkish entrepreneurs, Turkish in uh, investors. Uh, I mean, very few investors. Uh, we were communicating primarily in Turkish. Um, I realized quickly that uh, we were having a path that many other programs in our region would follow. Uh, the the um, then something interesting happened. By the way, we started getting a lot of interest from other countries on our demo days. Uh, our demo days was in Turkish, but I mean there were lots of interest from other countries, uh, from different geographies, from Africa, from Asia, Middle East. So this wasn't something I initially anticipated, uh, but I quickly realized that we were on to something big. It is product market with by I mean, it's nature. So 
I made a decision to invite startups from different parts of the world to join our program. To facilitate this, um, uh, we switched our primary language to English. It was very difficult because, uh, I mean, even though we uh, have the interest and demand from other countries, the majority of the audience was Turkish. So there was 80% uh, uh, Turkish audience in the demo days and probably 20-15% of startups. And most of the startups were Turkish, but we were speaking English. So this is a challenging times because most of the audience were asking us, why do we speak English? Most of the, I mean, uh, uh, audience and the room is in Turkish. So uh, in the first years, it was a really a challenge. Uh, the simple change uh, opened up so many doors. And also we started seeing influx of international startups because we changed to English and Istanbul is a, natural, historical, and also geographical uh, melting point of many continents. I mean, not, uh, I mean, like a, uh, um, a cliche, but it is natural, uh, easy point to meet uh, East and West. So we used um, to have this annual gathering of investors in Antalya, Turkey, south of Turkey. It's a holiday district, and we, we used to hold it in February, which is off season, uh, especially in winter time, it is still sunny, Antalya is still sunny. So it, it, which was the initially local uh, gathering of investors and startups. However, as the years passed, the demand from outside of Turkey kept growing uh, in Antalya, but we saw the potential that we have decided to take a giant leap and organize Startup Istanbul events. And we, we moved our event from Antalya to Istanbul, by the way. And Startup Istanbul was a game changer, not for just for us, but for the entire startup ecosystem uh, in Turkey and in the region. And uh, we had uh, renowned investors joining us from uh, different corners of the world. Uh, we saw applications from startups spread across more than 100 different countries. Can you imagine that um, in last 10 years, more than 200,000 applications were made to our platform. And we had 750 startups pitch on our stage. And at Startup Istanbul, these startups have, uh, have since raised $260 million after their participation in our events. I mean, this doesn't show that we have a magical one, but I mean, we were seeing that we were selecting great startups, but um, Startup Istanbul was an event, so it wasn't the acceleration program. It, it was gathering lots of investors from Silicon Valley to Europe, London to other geographies. Uh, so we weren't investing as an organizer. And this success wasn't an overnight. It was a result of 15 years continuous hard work, learning of adapting and pushing forward. And the journey continues. I mean, we are always learning, growing, and pushing the boundaries of what's possible. And uh, the goal is to keep attracting brilliant minds from around the globe and keep fostering an environment that helps them to thrive. So diving into this a bit deeper then, how do you evaluate investment opportunities or, or potential investments? And what criteria do you use to kind of determine whether a startup is a good fit for your portfolio in a sense? I mean, great question. Um, my approach to evaluating potential investments combines fast, intuitive thinking with slow and analytical thinking, inspired by the concepts presented Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. Uh, probably you have read the book. Uh, 
Uh, in the book, system one uh, is described by Kahneman is our fast, automatic, and intuitive mode of thought. It's driven by our gut feelings and instincts. And in the in investment co context, it helps me evaluate things like first impressions of a founder, immediate appeal of a product, or a personal connections to the team. This is, I mean, you cannot, uh, uh, um, I mean, you feel it. It's a hunch. It's your hunch. But you cannot invest only depending on your hunch. For instance, and extra, I mean, extroverted entrepreneur with compelling pitch can create a positive first impression, while an introverted, less charismatic entrepreneur might struggle. Likewise, I might feel an, um, I mean, um, connection to the investment or a venture based on my personal relationship with the founder or close third party recommendations uh, with the entrepreneur. Especially trend-driven investments also come into the play like AI, cryptocurrency, buzzwords, generate excitement in, that, in the industry. These are system one thinking. I mean, so while these fast intuitive judgments can be very influential, they should not be sole basis for investment decisions. Most of the angel investors' uh, failure is they decide their investments based on only system one. But there is uh, also, uh, there is system two comes in here. System two is slow, deliberate, and analytical. It's a deep thinking, uh, we do when evaluating a business model, market size, competitive landscape, and the skills of the founding team. This involves conducting through due diligence and risk assessments, including financial, legal, and market risks. I also consider risk diversification under uh, my portfolio thesis, uh, taking steps to ensure my portfolio is balanced across different sectors, stages, and risk profiles. So when it comes to making an investment decisions, it's about striking a balance between these two systems. System one um, can give me valuable insights and I do factor these into my decisions, but I always counterbalance them with a careful analysis and logical thinking, leveraging system two. Uh, this blend of intuition and analysis helps me make well-rounded, informed investment decisions. I mean, so this is the uh, framework of myself uh, that I have cultivated, I think, uh, um, more than 10 years time. But today, uh, of course, the meeting, especially uh, uh, meeting with founders are very excited, but I do not uh, directly invest on my decisions. I take also the other mentors and uh, fellow investors uh, inputs as well. So it's a both uh, complementary deliberate analysis of uh, investment and also getting a, a strategy all over my investment strategy. Brock, those are some 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 great points that you you bring up and and recently I want I want to you know focus on, on one of the the recent investments you've made. you know you, you invested in uh, a company called Boost Technology which really focuses around being a B2B commerce platform powering Africa's convenience economy. And being a global investor and having this unique perspective on emerging markets, 
where do you see the most promising opportunities for investment and what what really makes these markets particularly attractive especially you know africa which which people would actually a lot of people would consider consider the wild west in a way um sure um i mean absolutely i love this question because it highlights the beauty of what we do as a global investor i mean you see talent is universal talent is anywhere and it's not confined to any one city, country, or continent. It's everywhere. And the beauty is modern connected world is that we can tap into this global talented pool like never before. And um, if there is one thing a pandemic has highlighted, it is that uh, you don't have to be the top 10 startup hubs to create a successful business. Sure, places like San Francisco, Boston, Berlin, have historically have been at the forefront and we are now seeing a shift. Uh, we are seeing a talented, passionate entrepreneurs sprouting all over the globe, like from Colombia to Egypt, Kenya to Mexico and Nigeria to uh, other geographies. These new generation entrepreneurs are not just chasing local success, they're aiming for stars. So uh, they're thinking globally. Uh, not a just local uh, country uh, perspective. Of course, the boost technology has a different story and journey, by the way. I am uh, proud that I have a, a chance to uh, meet with Mike, the founder of uh, boost technologies. He's a great entrepreneur, by the way. He's a great founder. The internet has made knowledge easy, accessible and leveling the playing field in many ways. And so these entrepreneurs are learning fast and moving quickly in our emerging markets and developing markets. There has been a remarkable change over the last couple of decades. Previously, um, we had seen clusters of activities where uh, investing was happening. And those clusters are still there. But uh, we are also seeing a vibrant startup ecosystem Blossoming in developing world, as you mentioned, Africa, Asia, Latin America. We sometimes refer those entrepreneurs, immigrant founders, because they often move to other countries to build their startups. But essentially, they are talented individuals from emerging economies who are making their mark on the global stage. We have a huge statistics about immigrant founders. And uh, I think uh, these new talented entrepreneurs in developing markets in upcoming Future As a solo GP, I cast a wide net. I am excited by the opportunities in Asia, Latin America, emerging European countries, by the way, Southeastern uh, European countries, Africa, Middle East. I truly believe that some of the greatest startups of next decade will emerge from these regions. These are the new diamond mines of global entrepreneurship, and I cannot wait to see what they will produce. To wrap up a call with kind of the last question of, of you know, the day, uh, taking a step back, given the current global economic climate, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are looking to raise capital for their startups? Certainly. Uh, the current global economic climate presents its own unique set of challenges for entrepreneurs. It might be a little tougher to raise capital, uh, but I firmly believe the resilience, adaptability, innovation thrive in such times. We have seen in 2008, 2000s. So my advice to entrepreneurs looking to raise capital is to get back to their basics. 
focus on building a strong, sustainable business model. It's essential to work on hard on achieving product market fits. And that's the magical moment when you know that your product truly resonates with your target audience. Investors are always on lookout for these startups that have a clear understanding of their market and have effectively tuned their products or services to meet the needs of their customers. Building a positive and resilient startup culture is equally important. A great culture can help you navigate through challenging times. It's about having a team that shares a common vision and uh, willing to go extra mile to achieve it. It's about fostering an environment where creativity thrives and where everyone uh, feels valued and where challenges are seen opportunities for growth. These can be a cliche, but it is true. Remember, the resources may be scarce. And scarcity can often be a crucible for innovation. Some of the most successful companies were born during tough times. I mean, 2008 is the example of it. And 2000s, I mean, that com crisis and the financial crisis, we have seen lots of companies has uh, come through that. Also new business models. They were successful because they knew how to make the most of what they had. And more importantly, they offered something that was truly valuable to their customers. Also, uh, in my point of view, keep an open mind uh, where funding uh, could come from. Traditional uh, routes might be tougher in these times, but new ones are opening up. I mean, you can look for uh, funding from your uh, friends family rounds or uh, customers crowdfunding or other uh, powerful tool to raise capital also validate your product or idea in the market i mean finally lastly perseverance is the key <laughs> i mean keep pushing keep iterating on your product keep talking to your customers and remember the startups that come out uh, uh, strong on the other side of these challenging times are the ones that are likely to attract more investors and achieve long-term success. So uh, um, finally, stay focused, be resilient, and keep moving forward. Uh, truly well said, Barack. And, and for people out there who are interested in catching a cup of coffee with you or, or connecting with you for a call, Barack, uh, what would be the best uh, point of contact? I'm very effective on email, by the way. Uh, I have a zero inbox. So uh, Burak at startupistanbul.com, my email address, they can reach me directly. I will be happy to get a coffee and connect with them and talk with them with their journeys and potentials. Burak, it was a pleasure having you on Geeks of the Valley. And thank you so much for joining us today. Kunal, thank you very much for hosting me on this great podcast. I'm looking forward to meet as soon as uh, we are in the same city. Thank you.